With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. What is up, everyone? And welcome into ADZ Sports Dallas Primetime. I'm your host, Mauricio Rodriguez, streaming with you live every Sunday through Thursday night at 8 p.m. Central here on Dallas On Demand Sports Talk Network. With a lot more content coming your way, make sure that you check out adcsports.com slash Dallas. And as always, remember that primetime is brought to you by our friends over at freemanmazda.net. We will talk more about them and the ride of the week in a few moments here on the show. But before we do any of that, though, let's get into what John Fassel had to say over the weekend during the Cowboys rookie minicamp, as you all might know. And we talked a little bit about it last night, but we focused on one, on what Dan Quinn had to say. Tonight, we'll dive into what John Fassel, the special teams coordinator for the Cowboys, said because he, he brought up some important stuff, let's call it like it is, and he talked about sixth-round draft pick Deuce Vaughn and what role does he project for the Cowboys rookie running back in 2023. And I think it's basically a confirmation of a suspicion that was already present in Cowboys Nation's minds because we knew right away, oh, Vaughn could be a returner. And it's funny because he didn't do that when he was at Kansas State. In fact, he only had seven kickoff return attempts. All of those happened in his first year playing for the Wildcards. So the last couple of years, literally no punt returns at all and no kickoff returns either. So the Cowboys reporters talked to John Fassel about it. They asked him whether or not he, I mean, what, what does, what did John Fassel think? Dudes could bring to the table as a special teamer, and here is what he had to say. I think we'll see how he does, but I really project him as far as a role. This vision for him would be, you know, getting some punt return work in, some kick return work in. I think there's a place for him in punt protection, whether it's PP or a wing. And then, you know, like everybody, let's see what they can do on kickoff. Right. I think there's a spot for everybody, you know, tall, smaller, bigger, leaner. Mm-hmm. There's a spot for everybody and a role for everybody, and it's my job to find that for him, and it's their job to produced yeah you know it's, it's a good question but a lot of times guys do a ton in college and they come into the pros and they could be good at it and they, they might not a lot of guys don't do it in college and a lot of them come into the pros and they can do it so I think it's it's, a, it's mindset you know for NFL special teams and a lot of guys come to me that because I haven't done this for three years and ah, I'm kind of worried don't worry about it just because you haven't done it doesn't mean you can't and I think that's a big great challenge one of my funnest challenges is finding roles for rookies on special teams, whether or not they've done it. And I think we've used a lot of rookies over the years, and they've done a pretty damn good job. So looking forward to this group. That's what John Fassel had to say about Deuce Vaughn, uh, what he could bring to the table as a special teamer. And, of course, he takes the coach's route, right, of saying he could do everything. He could get involved in the kickoff unit, 
He could get involved in other ways. But he specifically said the role that I would project him in is as a returner. And it makes a ton of sense if you have watched his Vaughn tape because the guy is elusive as heck. He's got speed. He's, he doesn't have Cavante Turpin's speed, not even close to that. However, he's a quick player that can change direction, that can be elusive and make some plays. We saw how explosive he was when he was at Kansas State. Uh, four plays over 60-plus yards in 2022 for, for the Wildcard Wildcats. So we know he has that playmaking ability and skill. And that could translate very well into returning kicks and returning punts at the NFL level. However, we know the Cowboys already have somebody that can do that. We know that Kevontae Turpin exists. And he even went to the Pro Bowl for the Cowboys after a successful 2022 season. Because let's be real, I know that, you know, some Cowboys fans act like maybe Turpin was not a successful player last year. Some people even hate the fact that he went to the Pro Bowl. I think that's because maybe the expectations were set wildly high during the preseason when he returned uh, more than one attempt for a touchdown. But he actually was top five in yards per return in punts. And I think he had a pretty successful season for the Cowboys in that sense. Now, my question from me to you in the chat is, from 1 to 10, how hot is Kevontae Turpin's seat because of Deuce Vaughn? Let me know in the chat while you do that. Let me say hi to everyone, by the way. Uh, thank you to Gregory. Uh, thank you for, to Lance for being here as well. We've got Peter Rizzo. Okay, on that, Nikki, thank you for joining the show. Mark Aaron as well. Craig, shout out to Craig. He's on the Facebook chat as well. From 1 to 10, let me know how hot is Kevontae Turpin's seat because of Deuce Vaughn. Let's see what you guys have to say. And we can dive into this conversation. It's something that we've, we've gotten our feet wet with it. But now that John Fassel is out here confirming to us that Deuce Vaughn is going to fight for the returning job. And maybe he didn't say it with those words, but when he's out there saying, I project him as a returner, that's relevant. That is noteworthy. And it could have a big impact into the guy, uh, to the guy that is already, you know, performing that job for the Cowboys, especially since, especially since he doesn't do much else. And that is a key aspect of this conversation that we'll dive into tonight. Uh, what is up, El Pipiti Pao? Thank you for joining the show. From 1 to 10, how hot is Cavante's seat? Let's see what you've got to say. Craig goes with the 1. Essentially, not, not at all, uh, says Craig. Katharina goes with the 5. Gregory goes with the 6. More hot than not. Uh, Lance Bell also with the 6. Gregory says, uh, oh no, I already said Gregory, excuse me. Nikki said, it's hot as hell. Hot as hell. Uh, Mark Andrew goes with a seven. Cameron says those plays are from the running back position. We don't want this guy getting hurt when we already have a return man. Billy goes with a three. Mark Aaron goes with a five. Edward goes with a six to seven. Gilbert with a seven. Peter Rizzo with the seven. I'm going to go with the seven as well. I think it's pretty hot. I think it's not as as secured as many would say when it comes to Kevontae Turpin's job. I think that if anyone puts together a 53-man roster projection, it's totally fair 
to leave Kevontae Turpin out of it. And listen, it's nothing against him. It's just a numbers game when it comes to putting together your roster. It all hinges on whether or not Deuce Vaughn can return kicks. Because if he doesn't, if he doesn't, then Kevontae Turpin is too good for the Cowboys to even consider just, you know, winging it and having somebody else return kickoffs or return punts, etc. However, if if Deuce Vaughn impresses, not in OTAs, not in this portion of the offseason, but say like, let's say that he impresses in training camp and he puts together a show as a returner. Then the Cowboys must realize, okay, we've got two guys that can return kicks. Who's more likely to play on offense than the other guy? And do we envision a role on offense for Kevontae Turpin at all? Now, I know that he's got the speed, and I know that we all wished that maybe he could find a role on that offense. But last year, he played in 5% of the snaps for the Cowboys, offensively speaking. So if we're being real, Turpin has very little chances of being a significant contributor on offense, especially when you've got CeeDee Lamb, Michael Gallup, Brandon Cooks, and other guys like Jalen Tolbert, even Simi Fihoko, if he makes a team, etc. It's unlikely that the Cowboys, in my opinion, look at Kevontae Turpin as a wide receiver because they didn't look at him that way last year. Once more, 5% of the snaps, that is the same percentage of snaps that Dennis Houston had in two games and that T.Y. Hilton had in three games for the entire season. It's kind of hard to see Turpin. It's kind of hard to see Turpin take on a bigger role, even if, even if it's a different coach running the offense because it's not a different body type that Cavante Turpin is going to be presenting to the Cowboys when training camp starts. Now, nothing wrong with that. It's just the reality of what he brings to the table, in my opinion. He's a special teamer. He's a special teamer similar to what we get out of C.J. Goodwin. He's not a cornerback. Like, he is a cornerback, sure. He goes to the cornerback room when, when the cornerbacks meet, but he has not played cornerback in a long, long time. He's a special teamer for the Cowboys. I think that's similar to what we see from Turpin. And I think that if Deuce Vaughn can come in and he can prove to the Cowboys, hey, I can return punts at a high level and I can return kickoffs at a high level, then it might be redundant to carry Kevonte Turpin because you might want to carry both and everything, but that might mean having to leave a ninth or 10th offensive lineman out of the equation or a defensive lineman. Or maybe it means that you cannot carry a, a fullback on the team. It becomes a battle for the 53rd spot, not only for that final wide receiver spot, if that makes sense. Uh, so I do think it gets a little bit hot for the for Kevontae Turpin if Deuce Vaughn is able to return punts and kicks. But I will say that the one thing about Kevontae Turpin that really makes this conversation pretty hard is that he set the bar pretty high. And if we're keeping it real too, uh, it will be hard for Deuce Vaughn to walk right into the uh, Dallas Cowboys and convince the coaching staff that he can do a job close to what Kevontae Turpin could do.
if that makes sense. So if Deuce Vaughn comes in and doesn't convince the coaching staff of doing that, then there is no way that the Cowboys move on from Turpin. At the end of the day, it all depends on Deuce being able to pull that off. The Cowboys believe that he might be able to. Let's see what you guys have to say, though, in the chat. Uh, we've got Rue over here. I'm not moving on from Turpin until someone bits him out of a job. Just in my opinion, let him battle it out with in camp in preseason. Now, just to be clear, that's what we're assuming here. We're, we're assuming that a competition actually takes place before, uh, not saying that it will happen without even a, a single competition. I think this will actually be decided in training camp, not in OTAs, not anything like that. I do agree, though, that Vaughn has a hill to climb, as Jeremy says right here in the Facebook chat. He says, uh, Pollard, and, and, and he's actually talking about it from a running back point of view. Pollard, Rojo, Malik Davis, then Vaughn in that order. Not sure why all of these analysts are writing him in at punt returner, kick returner when he has no experience. We, we just listened to John Fassel talk about that. I think that the experience is a part of the equation. But as John Fassel said, he doesn't care about it. And I think that is the big takeaway out of what the Cowboys special teams coordinator said in that interview. Because he's obviously gen genuine about it. He's very open-minded, etc. And he's telling us, hey, I don't care about the experience because guys with experience have come in and have failed at it while guys with no experience have come in and thrived as returners. So it's about figuring out what uh, Turpin can do as a returner. Now, regarding Rojo, I'm going to say this. I think fans might be higher on Rojo than what uh, maybe people who have watched him in Tampa Bay, people who, who have watched him in Kansas City are. I think that Ronald Jones right now might be like the... Mm, he might have the upper hand in the sense that he might be ready to be a workhorse for the Cowboys, maybe. But I also think he's, he has, he's facing an uphill battle considering Dallas already has Pollard and, you know, the health aspect of it is very questionable. But they also got a bond and he'll be involved. I personally think that he's likely to be like a running back three for the Cowboys. And then... Hunter Lipke is also in the conversation. So looking forward to seeing how that will shake out as well. I, I do not look at Rojo as a roster lock at all. And I don't look at him as the favorite to be the number two running back or the number three running back. They didn't include him in my roster projection, by the way. Way too early roster projection. I already would like to make some changes to it, but uh, the time will come. The time will come for that. Pre-OTAs might be too soon. Like, I don't think a lot has changed since then. So maybe when OTAs are done, we'll revisit the roster projection and we'll, we'll get to it. Drums and Cowboys says, I think that Turpin gives us good field position. This is more effective as a running back in the West Coast offense. Corey says, think about it in McCarthy in Green Bay with Randall Cobb. McCarthy loves the small receivers. Says Corey, maybe hinting at the fact that Turpin could have a big role well, let's not, but let's not, hey, let's not hate on Randall Cove either. I think that Randall Cove was a way more complete receiver than Turpin was, than, than Turpin is currently. Just out of respect 
to Randall Cove. I have to say that. Not going to lie. Not going to lie. Uh, they should allow Turpin to take the kickoffs out of the end zone, says Gregory. That is one fun discussion that that uh, we should even like put a pin on and maybe revisit because I would love to see some of the numbers behind it and just on average how are NFL teams doing nowadays when they actually return kickoffs? Because I'm assuming the touchback is way safer in general. And I know that Cavante Turpin might be the exception, but also I would love to see if there's some, some data on that that we can revisit here on primetime at some point. Now, now, I do agree with James. This is embarrassing. Now, I'm just kidding. Not embarrassing. But hey, if you're watching the show, we've got about 90 people combining Facebook and YouTube right now. Do me a favor and let's get those likes up. Because as James is saying, we've got 55 people on YouTube and only five likes. That is a number that can definitely go up. And I would really appreciate it because that is the biggest way that you can support the show. I would appreciate it. Uh, thanks so much for doing that, by the way. Now, Deuce Vaughn is likely going to have to find a spot in on special teams in order to get on the field in the first place. But John Fassel talked about way more stuff, way more stuff uh, beyond just what Turpin could bring to the, uh, I mean, just what he could bring to the table as a returner. He talked about more stuff. He talked about the kicker position. He said that everyone else on earth was under consideration for the Cowboys to bring in. We already talked about this last week, but we went over some of the numbers and we concluded that Brett Maher might be the best shot for the Cowboys at this point because Mason Crosby, Bullock, Sukup, uh, Robbie Gould, all of them have had lower field goal percentages than Brett Maher had last year. And Brett Maher also happens to be a menace when it comes to kickoff duties. He, he had one of the best numbers in the NFL last year. He was the third best among qualifying kickers in touchback rate. So we'll get into that. We'll get into that maybe uh, another time because we already did it. But do you agree or disagree that special teams are a concern at the moment because there are many voids out there. And we'll actually get into the to-do list for John Fassel because I think he might be one of the busiest coach, coaches on the Cowboys right now. We'll dive into that to-do list. But let me know in the chat in the meantime, do you agree or disagree that special teams might be a little bit of a concern heading into the 2023 season? While you do that, and before I give you my answer and John Fassel's to-do list, let me talk to you about our friends over at FreemanMazda.net because as always, they make this show possible. And we're talking about a family-owned business that has been around for over 65 years and you get A-plus customer service when looking at their wide range of new and used vehicles. You can check out their dealership in Irving, Texas. You can visit their website at FreemanMazda.net and in there, you can browse through the features of every car. You can look at pictures of the outside and inside of the vehicle. And as we do around this time here on Primetime, we need to visit the ride of the week. In this case, it is the new 
2023 Mazda CX-5 2.5 S Select All Wheel Drive. This one starts at twenty-nine grand, nine hundred and ten dollars. It's got all-wheel drive, blind spot monitor, rain-sensing wipers. It's got Apple CarPlay slash Android Auto and a fuel economy of twenty-four miles per gallon in the city. That goes up to thirty when you are on the highway. So make sure that you check out the Freeman Mazda Ride of the Week over at FreemanMazda.net. Agree or disagree, special teams are a concern right now. Toxic Thompson, you have to replace 144 points. Hey, man, that is a way of putting it. That is quite the way of putting it. Uh, disagree for Gilbert. John says that he would go after Pratter. Mason Crosby says Russell. Agreed for Katharina. Gregory says that it, uh, he agrees. It's always a concern. Mark Andrews says agree. It's not a concern since Lance, but it, because he has faith in Fassel. Peter Rizzo's that he agrees. John also, Bruce, Toxic Tom. A lot of people. A lot of people agree right now with, with the statement on the special teams. Uh, Ruglock, Ruglock is saying something that I thought about as well. <laughs> if you're Tristan Vizcaino, <laughs> this was not a planned question that I had for you, but... Fair or foul, fair or foul for John Fassel to get in front of the mics and say, oh, yeah, we've got Tristan, but we're also looking at everybody else on earth. <laughs> was that fair or foul? I agree with Rue. That was maybe not super encouraging <laughs> to hear, but it's also not surprising. We know that the Cowboys still need to bring somebody else in especially because they went with the young player route last year and they found out that it was a risky approach. You know, Jonathan Garivai was brought in as an undrafted free agent. I was excited about Garivai, but clearly didn't work out for Dallas. He was cut. He struggled throughout the offseason. At one point, the Cowboys just shut down that project entirely and moved on. Uh, but I think... You know, maybe it was foul when, when, when John Fassel said that. Here is Fassel's to-do list, though. He needs to find a kicker. Uh -uh, right now, I'm betting it's going to be Maher at the end of the day. Not going to lie. I think it's going to be Maher. He needs to figure out what he will do with Deuce Vaughn and what he will do with Kevontae Turpin. He needs to find Noah Brown's replacement. Noah Brown played a lot for the Cowboys on special teams, and now he's a wide receiver for the Houston Texans. And either, uh, even though you know he had a weird 2022 season where he became in a starter on offense, and we know that he was important to the Cowboys' uh, offensive unit, we know that he also mattered a lot on special teams because he was physical. He could get in there, he could block, he could get involved in many units, and he's going to be missed. Look, Gifford is also on that to-do list for special teams. Because look, Gifford, those are 77, that, that, that is a 77% snap count that you have to replace on, on the now Tennessee Titan linebacker, Look Gifford. He got his shot in Tennessee, is going to try his luck out there. I don't know if he's going to get involved in maybe some defensive work, but Gifford was... John Fassel's ace on special teams over the last couple of years. He even had 
more snaps than CJ Goodwin did last year. He's going to be missed. And that is, in my opinion, a, a very, very big reason of why the Cowboys actually drafted DeMarvin Overshone in the third round. And hey, John Fassel talked about it. So let's see what he had to say about it. Yeah, I mean, based off his college tape, I, I feel like I can put him anywhere on kickoff and he'll run down and make some plays and toss some hell in the back end. I think on the kickoff return, you put him on the front line, likely at a Gifford spot, you know, and single him up on one of their best guys. I think he'll be outstanding on punt and protection and cover because he did that in college. Um, and he'll be outstanding somewhere on punt return. And that's just based off of his college tape where he did a lot of stuff. Even when he was, you know, it's, it's really cool. Some guys, they're starting on offense or defense. They know it's their draftable year. And when they're still contributing in a large way on special teams in college, oh, man, that's when you know, like, you got somebody that when they get here, they know what they got to do to earn a spot on the team and perform at a high level. And he'll be one of those guys competing against Malik Jefferson, another Texas kid from a couple years ago. So bring them all on. There's a role for everybody. Thank you. I'll just say this is a parenthesis. I love John Fassel. Man, what I love about <laughs> having a show based on what Dan Queen said last night and now something based on what John Fassel said, they're just two guys that love talking football. And I've found this at every level of football, whether you're talking about the NFL, whether you're talking about college, or lower levels of football, you're going to get politics answers out of the head coaches. You're going to get the meaty stuff out of the coordinators. And you got to love that because they're, they actually want to talk about the players. They want to talk about the X's and O's. They want to talk about what they're looking very specifically in players. Like John Fassel just went unit by unit. What does he see in the Marvin Overshone? And it's amazing. He sees a little bit of everything with overshone so yeah i'm excited about seeing how overshone can get involved on defense maybe even as a rookie is it gonna be an all-down linebacker type role like espn's jeremy fowler suggested a week ago or is it gonna be more of a jaron kears role down the line as dan queen suggested uh last night well not last night but you know over the weekend or is it really just going to be a special teams draft pick? And I don't think so because he's too much of an athlete to just be involved on special teams. But my point is, did the Cowboys draft him that high because they knew he could be an instant replacement to the guy that played almost in 80% of the special team snaps? Because that might have been enough to, you know, prop him up a little bit on the draft board. We might not think much of it because we're, we want offensive players, we want defensive players, but the Cowboys know what, the, what their needs are. And I think that maybe Overshone could, could have been very, very benefited from the fact that he is a plug-and-play special teamer. He might not be a plug-and-play defender. He's 100% a plug-and-play special teamer and expect him to be busy in week one of the NFL season in John Fassel's units. Elio Varela has a very good comment, in my opinion. Elio says, I think that we have at least a top five head coaching staff. I think, I, I think that Elio 
wanted to say coaching staff, maybe not head coaching staff, because it would be tough. In my opinion, it would be impossible, even though I like McCarthy, to position him as a top five head coach. But if we're talking about a coaching staff, what the Cowboys have going on with McCarthy and Dan Quinn is pretty damn special. And it's been even made, it's been made even more special when back-to-back -back years, Dan Quinn has been a hot commodity in the head coaching market and yet has decided to stay. And you know, a little bit of teams also making other choices. But the fact that Queen has found his way back into Dallas twice now is pretty important in my opinion. And Yes, McCarthy is the head coach. McCarthy is the top dog in the coaching staff. But this NFL draft was yet another example of how they are spoiling Mr. Queen a little bit in Dallas. You know, oh yeah, here you go. Have Master Smith. Oh, have the Marvin Overshone. Have another late round defender. Uh, many people expected this to be an offensive draft. And a lot of these are not only defensive draft picks, they are Dan Queen-type draft picks. Masses Smith, freak athlete. Eric Scott Jr., long cornerback. That type of stuff. Uh, the Marvin Overshone, potential dual-role player, as Dan Queen described it last uh, weekend. You got to love what, what the Cowboys are doing with those two coaches. So if we're talking about it from a staff point of view, I mean, let's look at it. Uh, might be top five because they do have something special going on with those two. But, but I would not look at McCarthy as a top five head coach. Oh, Toxic Tom, man. That's uncalled for. That's uncalled for. McCarthy's back in top five. Man, hopefully, hopefully coach gets well soon. For those of you who are unaware, uh, Mike McCarthy underwent back surgery and he actually missed rookie minicamp. He actually was not around for the Cowboys rookie minicamp, which is not a big deal at all, by the way, in my opinion. Not a big deal at all. Now, of course, it would be better if he was there, but also it might be the best time of the year for the head coach to miss some time because he cannot miss time before that because there's the NFL draft, there's free agency, there's all of that. And there's just getting ready for rookie minicamp, like, you know, the, the pre-process of that and, what we're going to teach these guys, what we're going to do, etc. Doesn't have to be around for rookie minicamp. Uh, I think that's more than anything about position coaches, coordinators, getting in the classroom and letting them know, this might seem, this might sound dumb, but it's true. Letting the players know what they need to work in before OTAs kick off. McCarthy really needs to look. <laughs> nah, man. Toxic Tom is being violent against Mike McCarthy, and I don't like it. <laughs> uh, says that she is restricted from hitting the like button for an hour, Mo. Never seen this on Facebook. Like, did you hit it many times, or what happened there? <laughs> if so, thank you. I appreciate it. <laughs> That's good. That's good, I think. Mark Aaron says Jabril Cox better show up on special teams or he might get cut. Weird situation going on with Jabril Cox, right? Because Gregory is also asking, like, is he going to special teams? 
the fact that Demon Clark bit him right away for for that linebacker role last year was very telling about his standing as a defender. So, yeah, he he might have to earn his spot as a special teamer. I agree that he might not be very safe, at least less safe than than we might first assume. Gregory says, Mo, how do you think that a Peyton will do in Denver this year? I think I think we're going to see a solid season from the Broncos. I think they're going to make the playoffs. I think that if I had to put together my playoff projection right now, I would include the Broncos. Shout out to my brother, who's a Broncos fan. Uh, one of the two. The other is a Patriots fan. But I, I, I think it wouldn't be like, you know, what, what many people, especially Cowboys fans, think that Sean Payton would be, a.k.a. an immediate Super Bowl champion. <laughs> and it's tough in the AFC West. You've got to deal with the Chiefs. You've got to deal with the Chargers. It's not going to be easy. It's not going to be an easy division. My biggest thing with Payton, though, is I do think that uh, Payton will do a good job in bringing back Russell Wilson. Now, not bringing back the Russell Wilson, but just not having him look like a Division three quarterback making his debut in, in week one of, of his NFL career, right? Like, he's going to look better, in my opinion, thanks to, to Sean Payton. But I don't have, like, these unrealistic expectations that, oh, Sean Payton is going to be a Super Bowl champion with the Broncos right away. No, they do need some strong leadership in there. And I think that Peyton provides that though. Anyways, uh, that will be it for me tonight here in ADC Sports Dallas Primetime. I appreciate you joining the show. Thanks so much for doing that. It is Monday night. Uh, so I hope that your week is off to a fantastic start. And tomorrow night, we have much more to talk about. There's a lot of topics that we might have to get to here on May. It's exciting. If you ever have suggestions, they are also welcome, especially in the dog days of May. If you know an NFL content creator, give them a hug because it's May. <laughs> it's not easy. It's definitely not easy, but uh, it's super fun anyways. And I do have plenty of ideas that I want to get to on primetime over these next few weeks. So welcome. Thank you. And remember that primetime is brought to you by our friends over at Freeman Mazda. Net. Uh, thank you to Stephen White. Thank you to Lance. Thank you to Gregory, John, all of you. I'll see you tomorrow night. Ocho de la noche. Muchísimas gracias. Hasta luego. Bye bye.